This is episode 108 of the Landscape Photography Show, and on today's podcast, before we get into it, I just want to thank everybody on Patreon who has signed up to support the podcast every single month on $5, 10 or $20 a month to help the podcast continue to run, and in return, you get various bonuses based on the tiers that you signed up for. Every single tier gets the bonus audio from each podcast episode. Who are we talking to today, though, that you can expect from the bonus clip? Drew Garrison. Drew is a friend, a photographer that I've shot with a couple times now, and he's just a great person to bounce ideas off of. And he's really come a long way in the last two years that I've known Drew. It's been amazing to see his progression. And I said, you know what? After seeing a lot of your images and after knowing what makes you tick as a person, as a photographer, why don't you come on the podcast and share those ideas with everybody? So without further ado, here's Drew Garrison. The Landscape Photography Show is a podcast where you can listen to your favorite photographers talk about their journey in photography. It's a place where you can be inspired and also learn how to take better photos. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, guys? We're here with Drew Garrison joining us from Memphis, Tennessee today. Drew, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on, Dave? Thanks for having me, man. Why don't we, I always like to get people on the same page when we start, um, people who are unfamiliar with who you are, why don't you let us all know how you actually got started in photography and specifically moving over into landscape photography? Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, so I'm Drew Garrison. Um, I was born and raised in Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, I gained an appreciation for photography kind of early on. Um, so my grandfather, he retired as a studio and portrait and wedding photographer. Um, and my mom actually worked as his, uh, his post processor and secretary and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, so from an early age, I was exposed to photography, um, naturally just kind of gained an appreciation for it, uh, enjoyed, you know, kind of messing around with my grandfather's cameras and, um, Back in the film days, you know, being in the dark room with him and um, seeing the sights and smells and all of that of, you know, the process of expo- exposing and, and, you know, um, I guess producing his own images in the dark room and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, it was fascinating. Um, and so when I think I was about in college, um, we were at an expo and he bought me a Canon Rebel uh, I think it was like a T3i, <laughs> um, which is a, was a fun little camera. Um, so I was running around just kind of shooting everything that I could, um, trying to figure it out, trying to develop some sort of eye. Um, I mean, just horrible photos, obviously, uh, just terrible. <laughs> uh, but it was a lot of fun. You know, I, I enjoyed it. And so um, I just kept doing it, you know, and eventually traded that camera in for um, kind of an upgrade camera. Um, and then we moved to Charleston, South Carolina. And if you guys aren't familiar with Charleston, it is a phenomenal place. It's extremely beautiful. Um, I highly recommend, uh, you guys go check out Charleston. Um, anyway, super photogenic place, went down there uh, to finish up school. And so I was just, you know, 
doing as much photography down there as I could. Um, and at one point, <laughs> I thought that, you know, potentially I wanted to work for Nat Geo and like all this kind of stuff. I had uh, big kind of lofty, probably unrealistic aspirations, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, it was fun to think in those ways and kind of uh, dream a little bit about that sort of thing. And so I thought that Charleston would you know, also be the perfect place to kind of practice all that and develop my skills as a, as a photographer. So yeah, moved down and did that. Um, got busy with school, ended up getting married afterwards. Um, kind of put the camera down for, um, let's say two or three years, uh, maybe a little bit longer. Long story short, we moved to Memphis, Tennessee for a job um, that I got offered. And, uh, yeah, just out of nowhere one day, uh, it was actually January, 2020. Um, I was kind of just surfing around and actually came across, um, an article. I can't remember exactly. It might've been outdoor photographer magazine. Uh, sounds right. Um, and it just kind of reignited my interest and desire to, to learn and, um, yeah, do photography. So, um, that's kind of where I'm at now, man, over the past couple of years, just, uh, you know, getting out literally as often as I can, um, learning as much as possible, um, reading articles, watching ungodly amounts of YouTube content. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've, I've fallen back in love with the craft and, um, have really enjoyed the process over the past couple of years. Um, especially during the pandemic, you know, having something to give my attention to and um, something to get excited and passionate about. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been a fun journey. So, yeah, here we are. What did you go to school for? Yeah, that's funny, man. I, I actually went to school for philosophy. And so naturally for the past, you know, since my daughter's been born, I've been a stay-at-home dad. <laughs> uh, because what do you do with a philosophy degree? not much well you said you moved to memphis for a job what was that yeah so actually um the plan originally uh funny enough was for my wife and i to move up to new york city um i had been accepted into seminary um i was gonna go and you know i was thinking i was gonna get ordained and become an orthodox priest um and you know, it, it came time for us to start, literally start packing our bags to move up there for the semester. It was summer of 2018 and the semester started, um, in August, um, went through the interview process, went up and did, you know, a campus tour and all that kind of stuff. Um, one of my closest friends, he was actually, uh, at the school, um, in his second year at the time. So, or yeah, he was starting a second year. So we would have been there for a couple of years together and he was really kind of pushing me to come out there, um, which would have been great. But, um, yeah, man, I don't know for whatever reason, I just felt like the timing was wrong or I just wasn't uh, feeling drawn to that as much. Um, kind of got cold feet. So, uh, called a friend of ours who happens to be the priest here in Memphis <clears throat> and was like, look, man, I'm not sure what to do. Like, you know, we're prepared to leave Charleston. We've already got our mindset on going elsewhere, but I don't think seminary is the move right now. 
Um, and he was like, dude, this is perfect timing. I need a youth director. Why don't you just come to Memphis and uh, work for me? So that's what we did. Um, I was the youth director at the church here, St. John Orthodox Church, for three years until our daughter was born. Um, and I've been at home with her since then. So. I, know, I mean, I know your career path. Um, I know what you do now. A little bit different than being a priest. Fill us in on that. <laughs> As far as like being a stay-at-home dad, that and you're working at Wiseacre. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. A little bit different. So over the summer, um, yeah, I got a job brewing beer. I've always been a fan of beer. Huge fan. Craft beer nerd. Um, do some home brewing here at the house. Um, don't expect me to make any decent beer because you'll be sorely disappointed. But you know, uh, I'll, I'll do my best. If, if any of you are ever in Memphis, I'll, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. So I got a job at Wiseacre Brewing Company here in Memphis. Um, brag on them a little bit. They're actually the biggest brewery in Tennessee, um, which is pretty cool. Give it. Give me like. I mean, you sound like you're doing like the virtual brewery tour for us right now. <laughs> You want to learn the process of brewing? Is that, should yes. we do that? Okay. Walk me through every step. <laughs> yeah, man, absolutely. Okay, so you walk through the door. Um, and... <laughs> no, no, we don't have to do that. <laughs> you use your keys, you unlock the door, you get in, you wash your hands, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, so brewing's a ton of fun, man. Um, and we've had this conversation before. You like beer. Uh, it, it's just a fun, it's another creative thing, right? Um, so, Beer, the four main ingredients to beer, you've got malted barley, you've got hops, you've got water, and you've got yeast. Um, so essentially in the brewing process, what happens is that uh, you, you, grain, um, you grind your grains, your malted barley, to the point where um, the starches inside of those grains are exposed so that you can extract the sugars using hot water. Okay, so you extract those sugars, and that's called um, mashing. And after you extract the sugars, you have this sugary malted liquid called wort. Um, and that's eventually uh, going to turn into beer. So you're going to add your hops. You're going to add whatever flavors you want to that. Um, you're going to boil that um, for however long the recipe calls for. Um and then, you know, you can add some additional flavors. You add hops at different times, just depending on what kind of, um, you know, aroma or taste or what variety of hop you're using. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of variability. Um, yeah, not to get too, too nerdy about that. I mean, long story short, you've got this sugary liquid that you add yeast to. The yeast eats all the sugars or most of the sugars and produces CO2 and alcohol. Um, and so thereby you've got beer. It's fascinating. And a lot of people like see like, Hey, how did you go from being like a youth minister to a brewer? Like brewing and, and ministry have been hand in hand for a long time. Like you even go back to like Europe and the monks created mead. They created different types of beer. It's always been hand in hand, honestly. Yeah, absolutely, man. Beer has always been, you know, central to um, 
really, I mean, uh, I guess life in a civilized fashion. <laughs> um, I mean, a lot of historians talk about, you know, we, we, we can thank beer uh, for our ability to, you know, make bread now, right? So a lot of people think that beer was actually made before bread, and it was only because we learned how to make beer that we learned how to make bread, which is super interesting. Um, yeah, man, the ancient uh, Mesopotamians, they, they, you know, started fermenting stuff and producing alcohol pretty early on, which I imagine in those days is probably a good call because um, you got a lot of other crap that you're worrying about. <laughs> Um, and alcohol, you know, kind of takes the edge off of a lot of that stuff. Um, but aside from that, I mean, the most important thing is that, man, it just tastes, beer's delicious, you know, it just tastes really good. Um, and I, yeah, I love looking at the history of beer and, um, you know, thinking about all the different styles and all the different techniques and the artistry that's gone into that, uh, the expression from, you know, different regions, um, yeah, I mean, like you said, man, like the, you know, going back to the, um, you know, the monks and the Trappist monks in Belgium and, and various areas to, you know, what we have in America today is just this, you know, uh, plethora of different crazy styles of beer, you know. Um, you go to Belgium, get this, you know, really delicious dark Trappist ale, and then you come to America and you can have like a blueberry cobbler sour or something like that. And it's like, man, that's, yeah, that's just a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, uh, brewing and spirituality, I think, um, have kind of gone hand in hand. And I think that that's a beautiful thing, really. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, look, man, we're, we're Orthodox Christians. Beer is an important I think the easy, the easy question for me to think of is like, pick your favorite beer, but I don't want to go that route. Let's say like, if I, if I were to ask you right now, what beer that you're bullish on, what, Mm -hmm. what would you hand me? Yeah. The flavor of the month kind of thing. Um, man, I'm, I'm, I am full on basic with seasons. Um, like, dude, we've got, we've got six pumpkin spice candles at our house right now, you know, and, and (laughs) at night we light every single one of them. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, I just love, I love leaning into the seasons and leaning into, you know, I don't know the feelings of all that kind of stuff. So man, when it's, when it's fall, um, Oktoberfest is a huge one. Um, a nice Hellas lager, you know, a lot of German lagers, Things like that, um, brown ales, um, amber ales, um, yeah, stuff like that. So I, I've been on a lager kick recently. Um, I'm just the, the hazy IPAs, the craze, you know, behind all that, and the crazy flavored sours and stuff. Like, don't get me wrong, that all that stuff is super delicious, and I love those beers as much as anybody. But um, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm kind of my palate shifting back to maybe some older, more traditional styles. So the multi, the, the lager beers, stuff like that. That's kind of, that's the flavor of the month right now. Um, You know, I'd never been a fan of IPAs until I was in Utah with the one and only Eric Bennett. There you Um, go. Nice. He, he poured me a little bit of an IPA that he had and he was like, try that. 
tried it. <laughs> it was amazing. It was incredible. But I think he said it was like $9 a can. Um, oh my gosh. And he had it shipped from New York. And then he poured me a different one and it was a sour, but it was like the consistency of a milkshake. Oh yeah. Yeah. Smoothie sours, man. That's a, that's a big thing nowadays. The, the textural element was a little bit um, concerning, I would say, but it was still <laughs> delicious. Yeah. No question, man. And I will say too, um, Eric Bennett, and I've only seen him, you know, kind of around Instagram, but dude, his beard screams IPA drinker. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I appreciate that about, about Eric. I look forward to having a beer with him at some point. Uh, One of the things you said about, and this is a photography podcast. I mean, this episode has been strictly about beer pretty much, but, um, that's fine, man. No problem. <laughs> you said, <laughs> You said you, since discovering photography in, again since January of 2020, it, it's reignited that passion for you. Um, do you feel like, and, and how is it kind of hearkening back to those childhood days messing around with your grandfather's cameras and um, just playing around with the craft pretty much? Yeah, man. Um, so it's interesting. I mean, you know, obviously my grandfather and I, like we have very – um, different, uh, I don't, we, we work in very different mediums, right? So he being, having been a, a, a studio photographer, wedding photographer, portraits and all that kind of stuff, um, and doing a phenomenal job and myself just, you know, pretty much strictly sticking to nature photography. Um, I don't know. I think a lot of it just kind of spans, it, it's kind of twofold, right? And so, the process of using a camera, um, I think I can go back to, you know, appreciating being around that sort of environment early on as a kid um, and seeing, you know, his prints and just being, you know, impressed by them and, and, you know, just seeing the detail and the crispness and the colors and all this kind of stuff and uh, witnessing the creative process, especially, you know, those times where he let me in the dark room, like I was saying, and things like that. Um, and then combining that with uh, my love of the outdoors, which actually as a kid didn't really exist. <laughs> um, as a kid, I was definitely like, man, I'm, I'm sitting on my N64, you know, playing, playing, uh, you know, Zelda, playing, you know, whatever, um, playing some Pokemon on my Game Boy, that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know, but there just came a point where I developed um, not just an appreciation and, a, uh, um, I guess a liking for the outside, but a kind of a craving for it, you know, and I'm sure that you understand that. Um, I mean, just, I crave to be outside, I crave to be in nature and I don't know where that's come from. Um, but I'm glad that, you know, I have that and I'm glad that I've got the opportunity, you know, to be able to go out and, uh, take some trips here and there and just be out and, and enjoy um, the beauty of nature, man. Yeah. I, I just, I, so anyway, to answer your question, those two things combined into me now really loving and having a passion for nature photography in particular. How has it given you an upper hand as a photographer, I mean, jumping into it in January 2020 to now, I mean, that's a very blip, a very short blip on the radar. 
how has it given you an upper hand in seeing the process, all the behind the scenes work, going into it and having a mindset of, okay, I, I kind of want to do this as a career. How can I do that? Mm, okay. Um, I'm not sure what kind of upper hand I actually have, <laughs> to be completely honest. But I, yeah, I don't know, man. I think you mean as far as like having been exposed to photography early on? Yeah, I mean, because a lot of people have that dream of being a photographer, right? Right, um, right, right, right. But they don't yeah. know the work on the back end that goes into it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I, I guess the advantage would be, you know, maybe one, just kind of learning how cameras work kind of early on um, and, and just learning what, what a camera is, what photography itself is, what that process looks like, you know, whatever um, I guess genre you fall under, you know, we're, we're using essentially the same technology. And so I guess, you know, as the technology is kind of advanced, um, and watching my grandfather advance with that technology and learning from him. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess being exposed to that has, has definitely been helpful, but I think more than anything, um, just having an appreciation, uh, for the art itself at an early age, you know, I mean, dude, I remember before I was in, um, I went to tech school and it was like a little community college in Columbia for a couple of years. And then I took about a year break before I moved to Charleston and finished um, down at the College of Charleston there. Um, and I worked with a buddy at a bank and I was a bank teller. And man, literally all day long, I was looking at photography stuff. You know, I was looking at, um, mainly Nacho. Uh, back then, Nacho. I actually haven't visited their website in a little while, but um, they had an entire page dedicated to, um, you know, travel photography, nature photography, all these kinds of things. They had contests, you know, monthly contests and um, you know weekly appreciations for different photographers and all this kind of stuff. Um, and man, like I would, <laughs> like we would have a customer <laughs> walk in. And I would kind of duck my head behind the computer, you know, hoping that that customer would go to one of the other tellers so I could keep looking at these, you know, awesome photos that I'm looking at. Um, so I don't know, man. Yeah, and and my buddy was back in the uh, in the drive-through line, and I always called him like, "Hey Turner, come here, man. Come check out this photo." And you come look at it with me. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, cool." Um, that would happen probably five or six times a day. <laughs> um, so yeah, man, I don't know. It was just, uh, um, I guess having an appreciation for all that stuff early on, um, being exposed to all that and, and that thankfully, you know, never really dying out, you know, when did that love for nature begin? Man, that's a good question. Um, I, I don't, I don't think it was, it was kind of later on, honestly, I think, I think probably right around college age, um, was in high school still, I kind of hated being, I, I played football and soccer in high school for a few years. I did, I hated being outside just because South Carolina, especially in Columbia, summers are just brutal. Slightly humid. Um, yeah, slightly humid. Yeah, exactly. You walk outside and you already have to take a shower. Um, and, you know, I remember uh, just hating football camp and all this kind of stuff. And so that association, you know, I just hated being outside. It was just miserable. Um, aside from the fact that I 
football team was absolute garbage. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think in college, man, uh, just surrounding myself probably, yeah, I think that's it. Surrounding myself with people who also had an appreciation for the outdoors. Um, I've always had an appreciation for art, right? I've always been interested in art. I've always been in, interested in um, the aesthetics, you know, these kinds of things. I've always been drawn to, um, I guess, those types of things in general. Um, and then in college, just having an opportunity to, uh, to actually spend time in nature, actually spend time, um, you know, hiking, camping, uh, you know, traveling and all these kinds of things. Uh, yeah, it just, it, it, it was an instant, um, it was kind of love at first sight sort of thing, you know? What do you think the difference is for you about photography that, that led you to say to yourself, you know what, I, I want to pursue this um, and I'm going to leave, leave the ministry to do so. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and honestly, I don't think those two things are necessarily related. Hmm. Um, Why not? Well, so as far as uh, working in ministry, it was amazing. You know, I, I loved, I loved what I did. It was a lot of fun. All my kids were awesome. You know, I still see them on a weekly basis and we, you know, joke around and have a great time. And actually my buddy, uh, who I mentioned who was in seminary at the time, he's come down and kind of relieved me, um, as the youth director now. So it's, it's great. I mean, you know, I, I still get to be involved in all this kind of stuff. Um, but I mean, the big thing was our daughter being born. I mean, that was kind of the catalyst for, uh, you know, all that kind of shift and change. Um, although I, I, I feel like I knew, obviously, that I wasn't going to be a youth minister the rest of my life. Um, I just didn't really know what exactly the next step was. Um, so I think I think Ivy being born was kind of like, okay, well, you know, that, that just, that made the timing what it was, in a sense, right? Um, but on this other, with landscape photography, um, I mean, that's just kind of, you know, I mean... If, if this comes to a point where I'm able to do landscape photography full time, that's phenomenal. You know, um, I, I'm not necessarily expecting that to be the case. Um, I would love for that to be the case. I'm not sure what that would look like because um, I know that it's extremely difficult, you know, um, and that's that's fine. You know, if, if I if I get to do photography on a regular basis, if I get to go out into nature and um, you know, I guess practice the craft on a regular basis while I have, you know, some other work like that's, that's fine. Um, and actually funny enough, I had an interview recently, um, that seemed to have gone really well with a, a real estate photography company here in Memphis. Um, a couple of guys who run this business, we've got some mutual friends and, uh, one of, one of the real estate agents at the church actually, she recommended me, um, uh, so we sit, the, you know, sat down, and, and I think I'm going to start working with them fairly soon, as soon as we can get um, Ivy into daycare, which is uh, almost impossible. I mean, dude, just massive headache <laughs> trying to figure that. As a side note, like it's just, man, I, I, I can't believe how difficult that's been <laughs> to actually find a spot for a child to go. Anyway, um, 
so yeah, I, I'm hoping that that's going to work out. I'm going to do that for a little while. Um, the thing with Wiseacre Brewing, like, you know, that was kind of a summer thing. That was a lot of fun. Um, we couldn't really make it work full time. They wanted me to come on full time. But again, with the childcare situation, we, we couldn't figure that out. So I needed to be at home. Um, but anyway, so yeah, all that to say, kind of rambling, but all that to say, um, I think, I think photography as a, professional goal um i don't know i mean it if it's kind of one of those things if it happens you know that's phenomenal um i I just i don't feel like i'm really prepared to force it right now because i wouldn't even know how to do that necessarily um so again if i'm doing something else but allows me enough time to go and actually practice my craft and you know enjoy just shooting uh man i mean that that's totally fine you know um what what is it meant to you um being home with with your daughter ivy so much mm. sorry just took a big sip of coffee um <laughs> what is it meant to me man i mean it's been it's been everything, <laughs> you know, all the emotions up and down. Um, it's been a blast. It's been miserable at times. Um, you know, it's been so much fun. There are days where it's just like my wife gets home and I'm just like, oh my gosh, please. I need just, <laughs> I need 10 minutes of silence, you know, somewhere. I just need to go sit outside or something, you know? Um, but that's just, that comes with the territory, obviously. Um, but overall, man, an incredible blessing. Like I, I'm just, I'm really, really thankful that we're in a position right now to where, um, to allow me to, to be able to do that and experience, you know, uh, her development, experience her growth, um, experience, you know, her personality kind of starting to show and, and all these sorts of things, um, various milestones, like she's crawling now, getting to see that pulling up, you know. Um, yeah, it's been overall definitely a wonderful experience. And I'm also thankful for her sake that, you know, she's had, you know, the both of us around pretty much her entire life and she'll almost be a year old before, you know, we're putting her in daycare kind of thing, which, you know, isn't a positive or negative necessarily. And the different people have to do different things, but yeah, I'm just thankful that it's, you know, shaken out the way that it's way that it has for us um and i think the biggest thing man i mean she's taught me a lot of patience <laughs> so which I'm, I'm still learning but that's that's a huge lesson but you know it's kind of being forced on me uh, a lot of patience a lot of selflessness you know two things that uh, i've never really had much of um but i'm kind of being forced to to learn you know so yeah man i'm, I'm incredibly thankful um like I said, it's, it's not always easy, um, you know, days like, you know, possibly today if she's just feeling bad and she's just kind of in a fussy mood all day. Um, but I mean, you know, thankful for those days too, regardless, you know, so. Well, let's say your road does go bet down photography full time. Uh, let's, let's just stay on landscape photography full time, kind of knowing the back end work and kind of what goes into doing that full time. If that happens, what boundaries are you going to set in place to be sure that you 
withhold those memories and withhold that time with Ivy? Hmm. Okay. Um, man, I think, I think the beauty of something like that is that, and, and because I'm not a professional landscape photographer, I don't do this full time. Um, there's a lot of assumption here. Um, but my assumption is that if, or when that time came, um, hopefully there'd be a decent amount of, you know, freedom of scheduling as far as me kind of running my own business in a sense. Um, and just being able to kind of make my free time, um, which, which I hear is not a lot, <laughs> um, understandably, but I mean, you know, that free, that little free time that is professionals, you know, um, exists, you know, prioritizing, time with the family and, and honestly man like another beautiful thing about uh you know all of this so far is that every trip that i've gone on minus one uh, the first time i went down into the swamps down in louisiana last fall actually um, was the only photography trip that i've gone on like, by myself um i think that one and uh, the time that you and I met up at uh, Machine Falls, um, I think those are the only two instances where I wasn't with my wife and, and now Ivy. Uh, so that's been phenomenal. You know, um, pretty much every trip that we go on, we kind of plan around each other's schedules. Um, right now, I don't really have much of a schedule. And so uh, really just playing around my wife's schedule, which is, you know, thankfully been pretty flexible. Um as of recently. So, uh, yeah, man, I think just continuing that trend and, and prioritizing time with them and hopefully exposing her to the creative process and exposing her, especially to the beauty of, uh, of nature itself and, and hopefully instilling an appreciation in her for all of that, you know, kind of early on, just, just doing it on a regular basis. I mean, you know, I, that would have to be a priority. Um, so we'd have to figure out how to, how to continue that, you know? Um, but as of now, man, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm super thankful that, uh, yeah, really every trip it's, it's been kind of a family thing, you know? Um, like in December, we are hoping to get out to death Valley. Um, and that's, that's going to be my first trip, actually all of our first trip to death Valley. Um, but we're doing it, you know, we're planning around it as a family, you know, it's not just like, you know, dad's going off to, to do his photography thing, which I mean happens and that's fantastic. Um, but thankfully for us right now, like we're able to actually make that a family event, you know, um, selfishly, I mean, how are you doing that? Cause like I'm reaching to the point myself, uh, with my family starting to plan trips, getting back out there, um, and being having that same opportunity, which which is fantastic, but in the same sense, I'm thinking, okay, how how do I also put the boundaries around my time creating in the field? Right, absolutely, yeah. So that definitely happens, and I think that that's necessary. Um, so, for example, if we're out, you know, on a trip, like we took the camper down to um, the bayou this past week, right? Um, and amazing conditions, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, and there's this kind of, <clears throat> I don't know, I don't want to say understanding, but, or 
expectation. I don't think that's really the word, but um, I don't know. It, it's just like it's okay if dad steps away and has his time early in the morning for sunrise for a couple hours or, you know, at sunset for a couple hours. Um, or if there's something in the middle of the day, like he wants to go and see, I mean, that's okay. We make time for that, you know? And then the rest of the time we're doing stuff as a family or, you know, my wife, if she wants to go off and explore something or take a hike and Ivy needs a nap, you know, we'll kind of rotate. Um, I don't know, man, it just kind of works out, you know? Uh, it's, it's, yeah, I, I guess understanding is kind of the word, I guess. Yeah. There's just an understanding that. There are times when, you know, I want to prioritize just kind of being out in the field. I mean, you know, walk from the camper, you know, however long or take the truck out, you know, and, and go to a location and just shoot for a couple hours, come back and we all have breakfast together. Like, yeah, it's totally fine. Um, and I think, I think for us, man, I mean, just prioritizing, like travel is such a big priority for us. Um, being out, we, we just get, we get antsy if we're in one place for too long. Um, we have to be, you know, kind of out doing something. Um, and, and because we both feel that way, I mean, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, things just seem to kind of work out, you know? When, when you think about like what you've been through and kind of the goals that you've had in mind or not wanting to force it. What's coming up for you that you're excited about? I know you've mentioned taking the truck out, um, taking your RV out, going on some of these trips, like you were just down in the bayou uh, photographing some incredible light down there. Um, what does that look like for you? As far as as what's coming up. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, it's, this is kind of how it works out. Honestly, um, my wife and I, you know, we have this conversation on a regular basis. Like, where would you like to go? You know, what, what, what sort of things would you like to see this year? Um, what are some places that we'd like to prioritize, you know, trying to, trying to hit, trying to see this or that, whatever. Um, and so we just kind of sit down and have a conversation about that. Sometimes it's months in advance. Sometimes, man, I mean, we're honestly uh, pretty horrendous at planning sometimes. <laughs> so sometimes, I mean, literally it's like a week out and it's like, okay, well, we got this weekend free. Uh, you know, why don't we take a trip down to Bankhead or something like that, you know? Um, so I don't know, man. I mean, it, it just kind of like the Death Valley trip was something that um, – we actually, we had planned to go to Death Valley over the summer, or we thought we were going to Death Valley over the summer. Um, I'm showing my ignorance here because we looked at the weather report, and it was like, you know, 120 degrees. We're like, yeah, nah, not with, <laughs> not with a six-month-old. You know, that's that's insanity. <laughs> so we went to, um, we just called an audible, went to the Pacific Northwest instead, and it was, you know, phenomenal. It was just an awesome trip. Um I don't know, man. I mean, we just kind of throw out ideas, you know, and, you know, I don't know. Iceland's always like, of course, we'd like to go to Iceland at some point. You know, is that in the budget? We got to check that, obviously. And, and rarely these, you know, big trips that we envision are in the budget, but sometimes we make them work. Sometimes we kind of force it, which is probably not financially responsible. But, you know, um, yeah, so I don't know, man. I mean, we, we just kind of we have those conversations and yeah, I'd like to go here. Okay. Well, 
that's cool. I'd like to go to this place. All right, let's see what would be the best time of year for that, you know, um, and just kind of converse about that and, and, you know, take things as they come. If we get to go on these trips, you know, phenomenal. We'll plan it out if we think it's, you know, uh, reasonable and, and we can manage it financially and time-wise and all that. And we plan it out and we just do it, you know. So um, we're, we're kind of laid back about the whole process. Um, so, yeah, this is a roundabout way of getting to your actual question. So what comes next? Um, I guess it's just more of that, right? I mean, what, what areas do we want to see? What things do we want to go see? What kind of um, environments would I really like to, you know, try and photograph? Um, so I guess the next one for us is, is going out to the desert. Uh, that's been a goal of mine for a long time. Um, and, man, I mean, like any nature photographer, the list is so long. Of, of places that you want to go, right? I mean, things that you want to see. It's so long that, you know, it's just after that trip, okay, well, uh, you know, what, what's realistic as far as the next one? Um, so anyway, yeah, just more of that, man. Um, trying, to, trying to continue to practice it, trying to continue to, um, you know, develop, um, I guess my eye, develop uh, my artistic, um, I don't know, I guess style in a sense. Um, hopefully I'm, I'm developing that a little bit. Um, what is it now? Yeah. I, well, I'm not really sure to be honest. I think, I think all I can say is what I have, what I'm drawn to is kind of the painterly look, I guess. Hmm. Um, I really like soft tones. I really, really like soft images. Um, I mean, I appreciate all of it. You know, I love the big wide vistas, the epic lighting, you know, the fire in the sky, all that kind of stuff. I love that kind of stuff, obviously. Um, but I think, I think I've always primarily been drawn to kind of the quiet, you know, more, um, anonymous scenes if that makes any sense you know uh -huh. Uh -huh. um i love i love quiet conditions just kind of peaceful and and um maybe slightly ominous i don't know uh maybe moody at times yeah i don't know man i, th I think just um i feel like i'm pretty moderate with most things and so like you know moderate moderate color tones not too much in your face colors and things like that not you know a sunset necessarily screaming at you just epicness and you know you know you think you might like see godzilla or something in the distance like <laughs> climbing over a mountain or something like that you know from a movie scene again i love that kind of stuff but my style i feel like is uh, kind of going more in the direction of just the the quiet more modest more uh um anonymous kind of stuff. Um, and I want to say too, like, you know, lately I've, I've been trying to emphasize local areas as well, you know, and I think that there's a lot of opportunity for that kind of photography, um, you know, really in most places, especially local areas close to where you are. And so for us, you know, Shelby Forest um, State Park being fairly close by, um, Bankhead down in uh, Alabama being fairly close by. And so, 
Yeah, don't even, don't give away all of our locations now. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, um, we actually live in uh, Minnesota, so that's yeah. we're, just, <laughs> we're throwing people off here. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was going to be my next question, though. The, does your location, like your home base, your local spots, does it have a tendency to dictate what you shoot and your style? That's a great question. Um, I think a little bit, you know, I think, I think recently, um, I've, I've had access mostly to, uh, you know, kind of, I guess, three general areas, um, three types of landscape. And I think one is woodland, which just about everybody has access to. Um, I think the other would be, you know, waterfalls. Um, so, you know, there's some areas close by that have some pretty awesome waterfalls. And so, you know, we can take day trips and things like that to, to do some waterfall photography. Um, I think the swamps are another, you know, not too far from the swamps. I think, um, it was like a five hour drive last mm-hmm. week when we went down. So anyway, yeah. So I think, I think it definitely dictates it a little bit. Um, cause I mean, those are the things that you just have uh, access to more readily. Right. I mean, you could just, you can go out and shoot those things, uh, kind of on a whim, you know, whereas these other locations, you kind of have to plan a little bit harder for, but, uh, yeah, I enjoy that too. So anyway, where can people go to find more out about you? Yeah. So I'm, I'm on Instagram. Um, it's just drew Garrison photography on Instagram. Um, I've got a website, drewgarrisonphotography.com um my email is drewgphoto at gmail.com um my phone number so security number or (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah give us your social um your (laughs) routing number and (laughs) yeah no problem no worries at all um yeah yeah so i'd love love to have a conversation hit me up Love to meet up with somebody if, if anybody's around, you know, the Mid-South or whatever. Yeah. Grab some barbecue, beer, go shoot, whatever, man. So, yeah. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us and talking photography. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it, David. Thanks for having me on, man. So you just heard Drew talk about his journey and his photography, some of his ideas and styles that he likes to go through when he's out photographing. Now, our conversation isn't ending here. It's actually continuing. Over on patreon.com slash David Johnston, you can sign up for a tier to support the podcast and continue the podcast going month after month, week after week by signing up for a tier. And in return, I'm going to give you different things. The one thing that comes with every single tier is bonus audio for each episode. Today, we're talking with Drew Garrison and the bonus audio and our podcast continues to go strong over there. It's amazing how Drew has come so far in just a couple years. And I know that his experiences, his thoughts, and his style and approach to photography is going to help a lot of you out. So again, that's patreon.com slash David Johnston to sign up for a tier that fits your budget. And we'll see you guys next week.